Hi everyone, this is Ray. And this is TJ. And you're listening to Reconnect, the official podcast of Shincheonji, Church of Jesus, the Temple of the Tabernacle of the Testimony. And welcome back, everybody. We are here to introduce a very interesting topic. I think many people have uh, questioned or still dabble in this method of faith. Would we be able to say that? What do you think, Ray? Oh, I 100% agree. Is, is it okay if I tell a quick story? Sure, right, okay. Yeah. So for me, it connects pretty well with the topic that we have for today. But I've talked before on previous episodes about how my family and I would move around to different churches. You know, different churches, we've been involved in different denominations. There was this one church we checked out because my mother had friends who attended this church and through their word of mouth and everything, we attended one Sunday. And mm-hmm. our first Sunday there really mm-hmm. sticks out to me when I look back because during it, the pastor there, this was around offering time and the offering buckets are being ready to get, be passed out. And you can see the ushers on each side of the room getting ready to mm. pass it out to the different pews. And yeah, yeah. the pastor was talking about how giving is connected to the things that we want in life. Um, and he was using a lot of examples of his own life about, you know, mm-hmm. how his upbringing was and everything. And that now has a pastor, you know, he's able to afford things that he couldn't afford before, how he he's wearing a very impressive suit and things like that. And, really? And mm-hmm. um, is able to have, you know, property and things like that. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. It's actually not as uncommon as it might sound. At the mm-hmm. time, this was, I guess, kind of new for me because I, I was like elementary school age. I couldn't have been you know, Mm -hmm. more than 10 or 11 years old. He's talking about these things. And as the offering plates were passed around and you could see congregation members, you know, putting money into the plates, definitely they seemed a lot more encouraged by his words about the giving that we give Mm -hmm. into church is, Mm -hmm. you know, directly connected to the things that we want in life and receiving the things that we want in life. So are you saying that it's like the concept of, sort of like investment you give to the church and you get more back yeah that that is the best way to to summarize it but yeah it it really did seem more like an investment advice (laughs) sort of thing (laughs) but i i what what really stands out to me it's also what happened when we were leaving because as we were walking out the church and um, we see the parking lot there and i didn't notice it when we came in but there was actually a helicopter pad. What? Yeah. <laughs> You're joking. I, I am not joking. This is, <laughs> I'm completely serious. And I see the pastor and his wife get into this helicopter and um, they, they wave to the congregation and they fly off uh, to their <laughs> to their next church because they had a sister church in a, a city wow. nearby. I'm not laughing because I'm trying to be condescending. Mm. It's just genuinely surprising to, to hear that a pastor kind of flies off in, <laughs> yeah. into a hel- helicopter after service. Wow, it, I've never seen anything like that. That was my very first time. And, and like I said, I was just like maybe 10 or 11 years old. And I see this happening. And that was like the beginning of a trend that I noticed with different pastors and, and leaders in the church that I saw as I got older and into adulthood is that I found out later during my university years that the topic that he was focusing on as they were getting mm-hmm. ready to pass out those offering buckets was prosperity gospel. Ooh, yeah. prosperity gospel. Yes. Mm. Yes. Have you heard of this before? Well, yes. Um, in Korean, we call it kibokshinan. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it means to like to have a faith asking for stuff. Your faith is basically asking for blessings. Mm. And it's generally associated with material blessings. Mm. Yeah, that is exactly it. I think you've summarized it pretty well already, but you know, prosperity gospel, it has different names. You could say prosperity theology, but also known as seed faith for me and 
where I grew up in the States. Mm-hmm. It's the belief what you give, the more you yeah. give, you know, you receive more blessings from God in return. And those blessings that you receive are the desires that you want. You know, it could be cars, a helicopter, it could be a house, it could be just more money for, you know, your own finances for spending or whatever. So how much you give to the church is basically translated into your rewards in heaven or even your rewards while you're alive. Right. And the question is, is this biblical? Mm. Is prosperity gospel biblical? That is the question. Let's get into it. Okay, so we're going to talk about prosperity gospel. But before that, Ray, is it wrong to be rich? Is it wrong to be prosperous? That was actually a question that I had a lot growing up, kind of wrestling with that idea. But no, there's nothing wrong with being prosperous, of of having success, you know, financially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, as a Christian, Mm -hmm. right? We're talking about as a Christian. Sometimes I feel that some people, not everybody, but some people kind of have this uh, judgmental idea or a preconception towards people who are prosperous, Mm. who are rich. And just because we're talking about prosperity gospel, um, it doesn't mean that we are saying being rich or prosperous as a Christian is wrong. That's entirely beside the point. Mm. Okay. We want to make it very clear that what we're talking about is preaching prosperity gospel, right. whether that is biblical or not. It's an entirely different thing to argue whether or not being rich and prosperous is against the Bible. That's it's two very different things. Yeah. Going into prosperity gospel. Basically, we talked about it in the intro, but just to sum it up, it's teaching that if you invest material, i.e. money, into the church and give it to God, and we understand that uh, we give it to God by giving to the church. Yeah. This ends up coming back to us tenfold, a hundredfold. If it doesn't come back, you know what? It's not in vain. Why? Because it's stacked up in heaven yeah. as our treasure. And <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what I was taught back in church. Same here. If it's a situation where I don't get that whatever it might be, that at least that when mm-hmm. my physical time on earth is over, I have mm-hmm. a mansion waiting for me where that investment I made is actually paid off. And it's uh, interesting because it's a no-risk investment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You either get it back now or you get it after this life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think this entices a lot of Christians because our ultimate goal as Christians is to go to heaven. And when we go to heaven, we want to have a good life. Christians, they want to have a prosperous afterlife. So offering to the church, giving to the church is... It's not something that people hesitate to do as a Christian. Um, Most people, yeah. Most people, But the intention behind prosperity gospel, the intention behind it is what we're trying to talk about. What is the intention of prosperity gospel, right? You know, when it comes to prosperity gospel, one thing as I got older that actually I thought about a lot, but like money is the root of all evil. Oh, loving money is the root of all evil, right? Yeah, well, that's that's exactly what I was going to clarify. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So growing up, you know, the way that it was communicated to me, my understanding of it was, yeah, money is the root of all evil. But that's, of course, a mistake. But somewhere along the line, the source of that adage has been changed. Biblically, it actually comes from 1 Timothy 6.10. You know, it says, mm-hmm. for the love of money, just like you pointed out, TJ. Yeah. You know, is a root mm-hmm. of all kinds of evil. All kinds of evil. All kinds of evil. And um, just to finish off the verse, it says, some people eager for money, have mm-hmm. wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm-hmm. Just reading this, one thing we, we have an understanding of, it's, it's money is not the source of evil that we mistakenly think it is, but that desire for it, we as Christians want to have a comfortable life. 
especially want to have a comfortable life in heaven. So that motivation to give that you were talking about before, TJ. Things like prosperity gospel, they, they really misunderstand the desires that we're supposed to be looking for as Christians, you know, the, the motivation for why we give. Yeah. The idea behind prosperity gospel uh, is basically if you put in a lot of money into the church, you'll get it back, right? Mm. What is that teaching at its core? It's teaching us and, and it's enticing us to make more money, to yes. not make more money, to want more money. To want more That's money. a difference. So I want to clarify. Yes. It's to want more money, to have a desire for prosperity in this life. And that inevitably connects to money. And if 1 Timothy 6.10 is telling us that the love or the desire for money is the root of all kinds of evil, mm. then the fact that some people are teaching prosperity gospel to their congregation members is a very questionable thing to do. You know, it's clearly in the Bible not to make an idol of something. Mm, you know? Yes. And mm -hmm. for Christians, this is something that we do without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So for myself, you know, there was a time where, <laughs> actually multiple times where prosperity gospel is something that members of my family really latched onto and would talk to my parents about in order to get the things that you want. And anything can really turn into an idol. This is something that the Bible mm -hmm. warns us of. You know, the, mm -hmm. that love for money, that desire becoming something that prevents our faith from being the way that it's supposed to be lived out, the way that God intends for it to be. Yeah, and it's scary because this love of money, it takes us down into all kinds of wrong. Where this comes from in the Christian faith, I think it has to do with the fact that if we look at the biblical history, like if you go look at David or Solomon, they were very prosperous. God made them prosperous. Yeah. And looking at these two figures, some Christians may want the same thing and they ask for it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the wealth that David and Solomon had were by today's standards, like they'd have to have been, oh, I don't know, multi-multi-billionaires. But I think the thing that most people miss, and I think this is where prosperity gospel goes wrong, um, the thing that they miss out when they learn about these figures is the fact that they never asked for this wealth. They never asked for it. Mm. Let's talk about Solomon. When Solomon became king, God said, I will give you anything. Just ask for it. And what did Solomon say? Hey, God, give me all the wealth in the world. No, no. that's not what he said. What did he ask for? He asked for wisdom because there are so many people in my kingdom. I do not know how to judge them. I don't know how to tell evil from good. So God, please give me wisdom is what Solomon basically said. And what Solomon asked from God was so in favor of God mm. that he said, you know what? I'll give you that and everything else that you didn't even ask for. So what we need to understand here is the fact that Solomon never asked for wealth. It just came with it because he asked for the right thing. Mm. And it was never in his heart in the first place to want material gain from God. Yeah. The desire that Solomon had actually lined up with what God's desire was as, as well. Like I said, I think this is where a lot of people get it wrong. So the main point is, what should we ask God for? If you look at the Bible and read it properly, it tells us exactly what we need to ask for. But sometimes, you know, whether we're taught wrong, whether we misinterpret it on our own terms, we tend to think that we should ask God for material gain. I remember one pastor here in Korea, he said, let's look at Matthew chapter six. We should ask God for all the things that we need, <laughs> like cars, like houses. He even mentioned socks. I don't know why socks, socks? was a part of that example. Yeah, I don't know, it was, was pretty there, random. Was there, was there a sock <laughs> I think he was drought? just getting down to the bare essentials of 
everything that we okay. need in our daily lives. Okay. We should just ask for it. But the funny thing is, in, in Matthew chapter 6, it says God, our Father, knows what we need. Mm. And that's why Jesus tells us for us to pray for his righteousness and his kingdom. You know that song, first oh, the man. kingdom of God <laughs> and his righteousness. I'm glad you're so, singing it so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for bearing with me there. <laughs> so Jesus tells us what we need to ask for. And then in the next verse, how does it sing? And all these things shall be opened unto you. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to stop singing. <laughs> it, it, it's fine. I enjoyed it. We need to know what to ask for first. Mm. The prosperity gospel teaches us to ask for the wrong thing, to want money. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted mm -hmm. to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God mm -hmm. and money. The focus on praying for tangible things, that's something that... Mm -hmm. You know, I did as well because that's what I was taught. Uh, I don't. I never prayed for socks, but you know, I'm right. Like, like, <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that point. But Jesus actually gets really specific with this: that tangible things are not things that we should be praying for. You know, Matthew six nineteen mm -hmm. says, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal." I remember a few episodes ago, you were talking about how on YouTube you looked up. Uh, <laughs> different mm -hmm, debates mm -hmm. between you know atheists and, and Christians and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, the the whole YouTube algorithm trail that I've been following into lately has been uh, abandoned mansions. Okay. <laughs> okay. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh -huh. uh, what it is? These groups of people that actually you know, they put on gear like they're going to go uh, yeah uh, searching in a cave or something like that, but uh -huh. instead they go into these mansions that have been abandoned for decades mm -hmm. and inside i mean there are expensive cars that are still in the garage Ooh, okay there are kitchens filled with you know china and things like that mm -hmm. um there are bedrooms that have been barely touched but have all these beautiful items and some of these mansions being as old as they are has these different uh, mm -hmm. architecture that is really stunning but because they have been left over time mm -hmm. all those items have started to degrade there's a lot of cases where people have over the years broken in and stolen things. Mm. So it's like a, a, an actual physical illustration of what Jesus says in Matthew 619. <laughs> Interesting. And, and the point that Jesus makes through this verse is the fact that um, what we seek, what God wants us to seek is not something of this world. Mm. Jesus makes this very clear. Even in John chapter six, mm. we see that Jesus feeds thousands of people from two fish and five loaves of bread. And immediately you see those thousands of people having fed their stomachs due to Jesus's miracle. They follow Jesus and it's their intention to make Jesus their king. And Jesus came as the Messiah for the Jews. And if thousands of Jews want to make Jesus their king, wouldn't Jesus also agree to this? You might think so. Yeah, you might think so, but what does Jesus do? He runs away from them. These people are very persistent. They find Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they keep looking and they find him. And Jesus tells them, don't go after food that rots, right? Basically, you have to search for everlasting, eternal food, right? Mm. So Jesus was trying to teach them that what he is trying to give to us is not something of this world, not materials, okay? But something that is spiritual, very different. So while many of us as Christians, we try to seek things, the pleasures of this world that tend to make our lives easier on this world, 
Jesus says the complete opposite. He's not here to give us that. He's here to give us something that is spiritual. And what is that something spiritual? Well, we'll talk about it later, but it's certainly not physical. Oh, certainly not. Um, mm -hmm. Matthew 6, 20, Jesus says that we should be storing up our treasures, treasures in heaven. And if you only read a portion of this verse, Mm -hmm. I think that it you can be as confused as you know many people have been in what they pursue you know tangible mm -hmm. things rather than what Jesus actually says that we should be pursuing which is something spiritual because in Matthew 6:20 it also says that what we're supposed to be searching for is not something that can rust or be broken yeah. or have holes in it over time. Mm -hmm. If Jesus is saying that what we're supposed to be searching for, what we're supposed to be desiring is eternal, is spiritual, how? You know, if you look first letter of John chapter 5, verse 13, it says, this is written to you to let you know that there is eternal life. Mm. And the Bible is essentially there to tell us that God is trying to give us eternal life. He sends his son, Jesus, to give us eternal life. Everything is cohesive to this mm. message that God wants to give us eternal life. And everything else is secondary or irrelevant even. Yeah. The purpose of the Bible, if it is to give us eternal life, we should read it as such. We should take all the teachings and try to direct them into leading us into eternal life. But prosperity gospel, though it has the word gospel behind it, we need to understand that it doesn't necessarily point us in the direction of eternal life, but it makes us search for things of this world, things that are subject to degradation, mm. you know? And this is exactly, this is exactly what Jesus told us not to do, which is, yeah, and, and it's concerning, honestly, because it's very much how uh, so many Christians lead their faith. I remember my father, uh, he's, he wasn't a Christian, but uh, when his business, because he was an entrepreneur, uh, when his business wasn't going as well he as well as he wanted it to, um, he started attending church. The pastor there, she didn't correct him. She didn't tell him that, hey, the purpose of coming to church is not for your financial gain or your success in business. I think that's what she should have told him as a pastor who knows the word. What happened was she said, you know what? I'll go to your office. I'll go to your business and I'll pray for your business. And this way, God will look after your business and take care of all the issues and make it better and make your business successful. She came, she prayed in my dad's office with my dad. And when she left, she asked for $500 because mm. supposedly this is, I don't know, this is a kind of a traditional thing that happens. I'm not sure, but that's how it went down. Mm. And it's just this idea of trying to get people to come to church by making them hope that there is a financial benefit to it. Yeah. That is what prosperity gospel is about. As as we've said, it's just not biblical. <laughs> That's powerful. I, I have memories of my own life, of mm -hmm. uh, my own parents who at times had financial difficulty and people mm -hmm. in our church coming and praying specifically for business-related things. Caring about someone's well-being is, is great. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It's exactly it is. what we should do. And mm -hmm. to be honest, it's not something that is exclusive to Christians. Caring about mm -hmm. someone, that's just kind of what we're taught with people's businesses as well. You want mm -hmm. them to do well, you want them to be successful. And it's okay to want to help with that. But when we introduce the word into it, that's where we make that grave mistake. Because mm -hmm. just like you were saying earlier, TJ, if we have as our heart's desire, the eternal life that God wants for us, the eternal life that Jesus talks about, and that's our primary focus, when we open the word, everything that we study, everything that we seek to understand should be reaching that goal. 
if you want to help somebody with their business and you have means of being able to do that, by all means. But that is not the ultimate goal of what God has for us. That is not what the Bible was actually intended to do. And the next question I think a lot of people may ask is, then why? Why has prosperity gospel or just financial benefits or just the aspiration to a financial success or even the subject of money become so so prevalent in churches nowadays? Well, simply because the Bible does talk about money. It does. does talk about offering. Mm. It starts from tithing, God asking one-tenth of our earnings. That's right. Yeah, and an offering has been something that God has told us to do. Because in the Bible, it says, where your material is, is where your heart is. Mm. So sometimes... You know, it's undeniable that uh, we have a lot of investment in what we have, right? Our hearts are heavily invested in our material possessions. And if you're able to give that up or even just kind of uh, sacrifice that for God, God sees that as your heart. So in that sense, God asks for offering. And as we said, tithing, tithing is also biblical. That's what God asks us to do, tells us to do. Malachi 3.10. Uh, It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The Bible makes it clear that this is something that God desires for us. Our motivation to tithe, honestly, it should be something that is meant to please God, to follow God's laws because our desires are in line with his. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. It, It shouldn't be something where we give because we're expecting something in return. Something in return. (laughs) I was going to get more specific, but, you know, I'll, I'll, Mm. I'll keep my thoughts on the PlayStation 5 to myself. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah. PlayStation Five. Mm. <laughs> I know what you mean. God tells us to tithe, you know, and like you said, it's not a give and take thing, but it's actually, you know, the heart that we should have is to be grateful for it, like everything that God has already given us. Mm. So the reason we're talking about tithing and offering is because, as much as that is part of God's commandment to us as Christians, what happens is when all these tithes and all these offerings are given to a church and it goes into the church's pocket in the most pure state in the ideal form of a church these offerings and all this would be used for good would be used for god's name however god isn't the only being out there there's also satan and satan is always trying to deceive us and to make us sin and it even says that he is he's trying to like hunt down even the elect Wow. And that does not exclude Christians or even pastors. Yeah, nobody is exempt from this. Satan can actually be using our mm-hmm. desires. Exactly. And you know what we said in the first book of Timothy, chapter mm. 6, mm. verse 10? It is not money that is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money. Mm. And Satan uses that against us because we as humans are weak. We give in to temptation. We know that that's why we rely on God and we rely on the Bible for strength. Mm. But Satan, as deceiving as he is, he tempts us, tempts even the strongest of us to take that as a personal gain. And this is what happens for so many people, so many pastors and Christians. If your heart is in the right place, it doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how prosperous you are. Look at David. Yeah, he was very, very prosperous. God made him prosperous and he continue to use that prosperity for God. It's really a double-edged sword. So in Hosea 6.6, it says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. And what we've been talking about a lot is 
having our desires being aligned with what God's desires are. And that part of the reason why prosperity gospel has been so hurtful to so many Christians is because our desires have been on ta those tangible things and not on the things that God has, which are not tangible, but are eternal. They're spiritual. So in Hosea 6, 6, it says that God wants acknowledgement, you know, rather than anything else, rather than the burnt offerings, the things that we're able to give. Mm -hmm. To have an acknowledgement of God means that we have an understanding of what he wants. And not just yes. an understanding of it, because it's easy for us to, to eventually understand something if we work at it enough, but to follow it once mm -hmm. we have gained that understanding. Okay, cool. I know what God's mm -hmm. plan is. I'm going to follow it. Through what? Through his word. Not through what a pastor says is best. Not through what even my knee-jerk reaction might be to my financial situation or what I might want. Because if my desire is not the same as what he has put in this word, which he gave to us to be able to reach his heart, then it's obviously in the wrong direction. John 17, three says that eternal life is knowing the one true God and Jesus Christ who he sent. That knowing is the focus that we need to be having and following once we have that. I know that for a lot of people, prosperity gospel is very tempting because mm. it's very sweet. It promises us things that most people want. Yeah. You know? If you look at Hosea chapter six, verse six, God says he's not looking for sacrifice. He's not looking for burnt offerings. He's looking for us to know him. Mm. And I think for a lot of Christians, including myself at one point in my faith, giving sacrifice, giving offering is so much easier than making the effort to really understand and know God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. If you see your relationship and your faith based on this sort of give and take paradigm between you and God, where you give offering and God will give you more back. I don't know how God will perceive your relationship with him because it certainly isn't going in line with what he's saying in chapter six, verse six in Hosea. So we should make the effort to try and understand God the way he wants us to and act upon the things that God wants us to. And that's all in the Bible. Although prosperity gospel has the word gospel behind it, <laughs> it's, it's not biblical. It's nowhere in the Bible. And I think that sometimes it's so cleverly veiled by words. Sometimes it doesn't sound like prosperity gospel up front, like, hey, like you, you, if you give money to the church, you're going to get a lot back. It's not it's it, not so blunt these days. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, it seems like something that we ought to do, right? Mm -hmm. It exactly. seems that yeah, way. Yeah. But let's just really ask ourselves, what is at the heart of that message? Mm. You know, when we hear a sermon, when we hear a teaching of God, of the Bible, what is at the core? Does it make us want to follow eternal life? Or does it make us desire things of this world? And if it's the latter, you know, you know that it's not biblical. Because as we said, the Bible is there to allow us to reach eternal life. That's what God is trying to give us through the Bible. Mm. Mm. So is prosperity gospel uh, biblical? No. No. And uh, I'd like to leave us here with a verse. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And in light of what we talked about today, about the kind of desires that we should have, and that those desires should be the same as God's, because his goal is reconnection with us, eternal mm -hmm. life for us. And if we have that same heart, and we're using his word to seek that, that his kingdom and his righteousness, we'll have a reward that's actually far better than any tangible thing that we could ever have in this physical life of ours. Yeah.
what God is trying to give us is actually greater than what we perceive on this world. Mm. Um, Jesus in Matthew 6, 32, he tells us that only Gentiles worry about what they eat and what they drink. And this is talking about worldly desires. And Jesus tells us that it's Gentiles that worry about this. Mm. And if we see ourselves as children of God, then we certainly shouldn't be looking for the, these things. But as you said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then if all goes well, all these things shall be given to us. Amen. So hope that um, through this episode, we have a better understanding of what we should desire as Christians. And that is eternal life, not things of, well, not material possessions of this earth, because God is telling us that he is trying to give us eternal life. That's the entire foundation of our faith. That's right. The reason he gave us the Bible. And if you've learned something in today's episode, as always, we encourage you to please like, subscribe, share, um, download, download. <laughs> very important. Download, yep. yes. and, and, and of course, yes, let other people know about uh, our episodes as we have more each week and more topics coming mm -hmm. uh, your way. Yes, because we see that sharing um, these episodes with your friends pumps up discussion and that's when we get a lot of questions. Mm, so we welcome all these questions as well. So please contact us and we'd be more than happy to respond. And yes, that's all we have for today. We will be returning very soon with another episode of Reconnect. And this has been TJ. And Ray. You've been listening to Reconnect. Reconnect. See you next time. Have a good one, guys.